All right, today is Super Bowl Sunday. Who's excited? We're uh, we're having a <laughs> we're having a Super Bowl party tonight for the youth, and I know that some of you, like some of you out there, probably just don't care at all. And I don't know Ann right now. She's just like she's ready. She's got her her black and her orange on, ready to support Cincinnati tonight. So, hey, so funny story about that. It, it really is a miracle. Until this year, until these football playoffs this year, nobody has ever sent a text message that said, hey, the Bengals just won a playoff game. <laughs> so the last time the Bengals won a playoff game was, I believe, in 2000 or 2001, and the first text message was sent later that year in 2001. Like, so like the end of 2001. No one has literally ever sent a text message and that the, play, the Bengals won a playoff game until this year. So the fact that you guys haven't won a playoff game in over 20 years and you've all the way to the Super Bowl, that's pretty cool. So, and then on the, on, the, on the flip side of that coin, whoops, on the flip side of that coin, we have the Rams playing, who have a Georgia boy, you know, playing in the, in the Super Bowl. So, hey, uh, Matthew's, Matthew Stafford is a quarterback tonight, and he spent a lot of years playing for a really bad franchise. Sorry if there's any Detroit Lions fans in here right now, but... A lot of years playing for a really bad franchise that he's always had a really great season and done really well. And, um, you know, now he's got a chance to – he's on a different team. He's on the Rams, and he's got a chance to play in the Super Bowl tonight. So it's a, a big day for a lot of people. Um, none of that has any spiritual significance to, to the mess. <laughs> it's just fun to talk about. Um, to, yeah, right? You're, you're going to, like, tie it into, like, this thing that the Lord does in our life. And I just like football, you know. Um, this is just honest, just to be honest with you there. Look, um, tomorrow is a holiday, but I think it should be a national holiday. Leo was talking this morning about how, how much she hates just a ooh, cut out. She thinks it's just like a, you know, um, yeah, Hallmark thing, a made-up thing, you know, and she refuses to buy into it. And I'm right there with her. I hate it, too. Uh, I'll be 100% honest with you. But I think that tomorrow should be a national holiday for a totally different reason. I think that Super Bowl Monday should be a holiday in America, and I'm writing legislation to my senators about that right now. I just would love it if it was like the day after the Super Bowl. You could just take a day, relax. You're up late, so you need to sleep in a little bit, you know. You know, maybe sober up for some people, right? You know, someone said that over there. Hey, but, you know, it, it should – it should be a holiday. I mean, who's with me, right? Super Bowl Monday? Yeah, I'm, I'm always down for another day off work. So, but alas, I have to go to work tomorrow. So, yeah. All right. So, hey, let's uh, let's pray, and then we're gonna get started today. Um, God, thank you for just another day. Thank you for beautiful weather this weekend. Uh, we thank you that we're able to get together in this building and, and just worship you. Um, God, just speak to us through your word this morning. Um, God, help me just to get out of the way and just uh, speak through me right now over these next few minutes and just help us to have, um, walk away from here with a better sense of who we are and our identity in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, if you guys see the slide up there, today we're in the middle of the series, um, Everything on the Table. So we're talking about different things that we either need to put on the table or we should be putting on the table. And... You know, the idea of putting yourself on the table is something that's, that's been coming to me through this series and something that I felt I needed to, to learn for myself and 
most of the time when I get up here and speak, it's, it's usually a situation where this is something I need to work on. <laughs> you know, like it's something that, like God's, God's putting something on my heart that I need to fix and I need to get better at. And, and he, you know, he teaches me and then I can come on a Sunday and share with you what God's been doing in my life. And, and, and that, I think that's how everyone should approach preaching, right? Um, so this idea of putting yourself on the table, if you'll notice, I'll put self in, in um, parentheses or, uh, or whatever you call it. Uh, I, I believe in good grammar. Um, I am kind of a, a grammar police type person, right? And so yourself is one word, right, if you guys know that. So I don't want people here to think that I'm not good at grammar um, and uh, see that I put self as a separate word. It's the idea of putting who you are, your very self, on the table for God, right? It's this idea, um, really it's the idea of identity, okay? Like who are you? And who, like, really there's a, there's a lot of different types of identities, a lot of different ways that we define ourselves. Um, when I think of the word identity, I think of, you know, like titles that we, we own, right? Uh, I mean, are you, are you a father? Are you a mother? Are you a grandparent? That's a very important title, and it defines who you are. It defines your identity. Are you a brother, sister? You know, all of us in here in one way or another are a son or a daughter of someone. So those are all things that will define our identity and who we are. Your career, hobbies, things you like, sports. We are talking about football just a second ago. That defines a lot of people. There's a lot of people tonight that will feel like their life is ruined when their team loses the Super Bowl, you know? Like, your identity is formed. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, things that you enjoy, sports, for some people, you don't care at all. For some people, it's the most <laughs> – Tabby's over like, no, I could care less. But for, but for Tabby, you know, if, like, all of a sudden – every single recording of the Ramones was somehow <laughs> deleted from the face of the earth, her life would be ruined, right? You know, so, um, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, you're, you're having a panic attack right now just thinking about that possibility. So, um, you know, music, music's a big thing that defines our identity. Um, how many Instagram followers you have, you know, that can define it for some people. Um, how much money you have. And then there's other things like geographically. What, what part of the country are you from? Like if you're, if you're a southerner, that really, you know, that's, that's part of your identity. You know, if you're a northerner, that's part of your identity. It's part of who you are. Um, you know, so <laughs> people, from, people from the West Coast, you know, they have a little bit different personalities than people from the East Coast. And it, it just affects who you are. Your identity can be determined by a lot of things. Your political re uh, preferences can determine your identity. Um, and then, you know, there's always the little, like, nuances in life, like how you hang the toilet paper roll after you're finished, if it's over or under. And, you know, if, if it's under, you're wrong. You're wrong. It's over. It is over. So, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, but, but here's the deal. There's so many things that affect our identity and who we are and who we think we are and what people say about us and what God says about us. But there's, to me, there's three different uh, types of identity. I mean, there's a lot of types of identity, but when you break them down into categories, to me, there's three. There's upward identity. There's a slide for this. Um, upward identity, outward identity, and then there's inward identity, okay? What do I mean by that? Upward identity is theological, okay? Uh, it's what does God say about me? What does God say about who I am? That's upward identity. Outward identity, 
That's our reputation. That's what do other people say about me? What do others say about me? And then inward identity. That's your self-identity or your self-image. It's what do I say about myself? What do I say about who I am? And we're going to talk about each one of these three types of identities today. Um, and truthfully, just how, how we, we might be going wrong in them, how we might be getting it right, you know, and, and, uh, and, and taking a biblical perspective on, on all these three types of identity. So we're going to start with upward identity. What does God say about me? So God says you're a lot of things. He, uh, there's, this is not a complete list at all. There's just a, a few different things on here. God says you are his child. John 1, 12. Uh, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed his name, he gave the right to become children of God. God says you are his friend. In John 15, 15, he says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. Um, he calls us his sons and daughters, which I know sounds a lot like his child, his children. But the idea of sons and daughters, to me, carries the weight of brothers and sisters, because we are all brothers and sisters, too. Um, and 2 Corinthians 6.18 says, uh, And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And like I said, very similar to being his, I mean, it's the same thing as being his child, but I just think, like, if you're his child, you could be an only child. But we're not only child, children, right? Like, we're not, we're, like, God has many sons and daughters, and we're all brothers and sisters because of that. And I think that's a beautiful thing about what he says about us. God says that you are his chosen. First uh, Thessalonians 1.4 says, For we know, brothers and sisters, again, there's that brothers and sisters theme, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Um, God says we're a new creation. And uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new, new is here. And I'm so thankful for that one. God says we are a citizen of heaven. Um, and so Philippians 3.20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven as we eagerly, eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we're, uh, I love the phrase, we're not of this world. That's, what, that's where this comes from. It's, our citizenship is in heaven. And, and uh, I mean, you know, we're here on this earth, but we have a future. We have a home in heaven because of him. And he calls us that. He says that about us. He also calls us an heir. And I love that. It's this idea that, like we're not, we're not just, I mean, we are heirs to, to his kingdom. So Galatians 4, 7 says, So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. Again, that theme. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. And I love that. It's the, it's the idea that like there, some parents will, will not give, you know, their, what, they, what they have to their kids. Not our God. He's, he's given everything he has to us. And he calls us his heir. Um, God says you are set free. Um, Galatians 5 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Um, and personally, this is my favorite one uh, because I'll tell you why in a second, but he says that you are his masterpiece. Um, Ephesians 2 10 says, For we are God's handiwork. Some translations use, translate that to masterpiece. We are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Um, when, he, when he looks at you, he sees all of these things. God looks at you, he sees, 
his child. He sees his son. He sees his daughter. He sees his friend. He sees a new creation, a citizen in heaven. He sees an heir, someone worth leaving his fortune to, leaving his, unfortunately not the right word, but leaving like everything that he has to. Um, he sees you. He sees someone who's set free from the bondage of sin. He sees you, and he sees a masterpiece. He sees someone that he is so proud of. It's the idea, this table right here was built by Jim, right? And he, when he looks at that, I know he's got to feel proud. I look at it every time, and I'm like, man, I like to do woodwork, right? And I look at it, and I'm like, God, that was so good. He did such a great job. Like, it's beautiful. And, I mean, like, I think of it like, like God finishing this, like, awesome sculpture or something, and he looks at it, and he's just so proud. And that's you. He looks at you, and he just thinks, man, like, I'm so proud of that. That's, that is my masterpiece. That's my handiwork. And he takes pride in who you are. And so, side note there, if you're the type of person who, like me, again, this is why this topic is important to me, I kind of beat myself up a little bit. You know, like, I kind of get down on myself, and when I look in the mirror, I don't really see what God sees. You know, like, I mean, just being honest with you guys, I don't see something that's, uh, that's a masterpiece or a handiwork, his handiwork, right? Uh, I, I'm like, man, if I created myself, I'd probably, you know, be a little embarrassed about that, you know? <laughs> but, like, God looks at me, and he sees a masterpiece. Like, he does. He's proud of who I am. And, and, and not just my looks, just, like, who he's created and what he's done. And, I mean, like, I said that. I, can't, I realized I came across a bad way. I don't think I have, you know, good looks. But God looks at me and sees something he's proud of, not just, not just the outward appearance. That's a better way of saying it. Uh, not just outward appearance, but he looks at my heart. He looks at who I am, and he's proud of that, you know. And, like, and I, I need to take comfort in that, knowing that he's proud of what he created in me. Um, and so... The first question that we asked was, what does God say about me? He says all those things. He loves you, and he's so proud of you. And don't let yourself get to the point where you start to think that God doesn't think those things about you. Or where you start to think things other than what Scripture says about what God thinks about you. Uh, some of us today might need to check that a little bit, you know, and, and just realize that, hey, I've been a little down on myself, and I need to know whose I am. I know that he created me, and he loves me. He's proud of what he created. Um, all right, outward identity. What do others say about me? Uh, this, is, uh, this is the idea, and, and really in two ways, honestly. There are other people are going to say good things about you, build you up, and care for you. Sometimes they're going to correct you when you need a little correction. Sometimes they're going to... Um, tell you, hey, well, you, you probably need to work on that attitude problem a little bit, or you know, you're quick to anger, or whatever it is. And when they do that in a constructive and loving way, they're the type of people that you should value their opinion, right? And then there's others that are going to talk down about you and treat you poorly, and they don't have your best intentions in mind. And those are the type of people that you do not need to value what they say about you, right? Uh, and then not only that, like other people are going to say general things about you as a Christian, what you believe, you know, and, and who you are, um, your identity being in Christ. And just the world, the you know, culture that we're in is going to talk down to us about who we are. And so we need to realize today that we need to elevate the opinions of the people who matter, like our family, our friends, the people who actually have our best intentions in, in their minds, and then, and we need to just kind of be like, take with a grain of salt, 
the opinion of other people, the opinion of the world, the people who don't have your best interest in heart. And, and then, like I said, culture in general. Like, if you post a, a, a photo to Instagram and you only get four likes, it's like, who cares? Like, wh- why is that not a big deal? I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, uh, back at, towards the beginning of January, I made the decision to delete all of my um, social media applications, right? Alan's <laughs> clapping back there for me. And it's just, it's something that took up so much of my time, you know? And I started, when I deleted them, literally that week, it was like I was having, like, actual withdrawal symptoms. I was, like, shaking. And I was, like, I was picking up my phone constantly and, like, looking at the spot where they normally were on my phone, and they weren't there. And I was just like, whoa, what do I do? Like, I don't have social media. And now that I haven't been constantly checking Facebook or Instagram and scrolling through it, you know, it's like I found myself having time for other things. I found myself not worrying as much about, like, did someone post about me? Did someone say something? You know, it was like, it was always like you're worried. And then I also found something I said, I think, when, when I last spoke, that, like, my opinion doesn't need to be heard by everybody on every single little thing. <laughs> you know, so, like, not having those social media apps. Like, every now and then I've logged on my computer or my iPad and just checked it real quick. But the fact that it's not right there at my fingertips all the time has been so healthy for me. I'm not saying that everyone here has to do that. But it's this idea of, like, what do others think about me? What does the world think about me? And we put it right there on our phones in front of us all the time. And it's so easy um, for us to just, like, get consumed by that and, and to start shaping our identity by what these social media apps say about us, right? And, again, not everybody needs to feel that they have to rush home and delete all their their apps but it's just been really healthy for me because I know how much time I've been spending on them or I was before um but there's a lot of scriptures I want to share with you guys just about what others say about me um again when I when I preach I like to find a lot of scripture I think I mean I can say the words all I want but if they're if they're not in scripture then you know they're worthless and um so I like to find scriptures and and see what they have to say Proverbs 22, 1 says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. Um, so what people say about you, having a good name, it is important. Um, but for the right people, right? First uh, Peter 2, 12. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that then when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Matthew 5.16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. That one is so good, guys. (laughs) Like, when you hang around the wrong people, it's going to ruin everything that you built up and your morals and everything that you believe. And not only that, they're going to affect how you think about yourself. You know, like I had this friend in college and he was uh, the type of guy who would do anything for me. But he also probably a little bit of a narcissist. Right. And he and like he would say negative things about me sometimes and then build me back up. And that's the idea of like he was he was shaping who I was and my identity was supposed to be shaped up in him. You know, and like it's like it's like, dude, like even though he did treat like there was times where he did good things for me and like, you know, had my back in situations, there was so many times where he was treating me so poorly. And, and hanging around bad company totally shapes who you are, totally shapes your identity. Uh, Acts twenty four sixteen. whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, 
but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Again, same idea there. And then Acts 24, 16, so always take pains to have a clear conscience toward both God and man. Um, so what do others say about you? You know, that idea of outward identity. It's important. It is important. But we need to learn who is important to listen to and who is important not to. And we need to know that ultimately what's most important is what God says about me, right? But then the people that you surround yourself with, if you surround yourself with bad company, you're going to have bad results. That's pretty simple. If you surround yourself with people who care about you, their opinion should help change you for the better, right? And if you have a friendship, a relationship with someone, and you walk away from that relationship and you start noticing that you feel a little bit down about yourself every single time you're around that person, you don't feel better when you leave that person's presence, they're probably not the type of person for you to spend time with, a lot of time at least. But you should surround yourself with people that when, they, when you leave, when you walk away from them, you kind of feel this like, that was great. Like that, like... I like when I get to, when we get together with our leadership team, I leave those times blessed. You know, I walk out of Josh and Leah's house and I feel blessed. I feel good. I feel built up. I don't feel torn down. I don't feel bad about myself. Um, and JP and Heather, you know, they've become they're our best friends. They come over all the time. Like last night, they randomly text us, "Hey, we're about like ten minutes from y'all's house. You guys want to get together?" I was like, "Yeah, sure. Why not?" So they came over and we hung out for a little bit. And when they left, you know, I felt like, I felt recharged. I felt good. Like, it was like, surround yourself with people who make you feel that way. You know, like, what do others think about you? It's important, but only if they're those types of people. Um, all right, so inward identity. We've kind of flown through this, and, you know, we're going to get out of here quick today. I'm excited about that. It's going to be good. <laughs> get ready for, ready for the Super Bowl, you know. But uh, inward identity, what do I say about myself? What do I say about myself? So, there's a, I created this little, like, almost like 1 to 10 type of um, timeline here. Uh, so, I mean, really, when you're looking at it, on this side, way over here, you have insecurity. And on this side over here, you have cockiness, you know? <laughs> like, you want to find this middle ground of confidence. And, and the truth is, like, if some of you put yourself down like I do, you know? Like, look, true humility is not being like, you know, oh, you know... Uh, I'm terrible, I'm a horrible person, right? Like, that's not humility, that's insecurity, right? And, like, if, if someone comes up to me and says, hey, you sounded good on the bass today, you want to play bass last week, or, hey, you did a good job speaking today, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say, and I, I used to be really bad about this, y'all. This was, this was who I, what I used to do. Oh, you know, it wasn't me, it was the Lord, you know, like, <laughs> I'm, I, I did, you know, like, okay, I guess I was all right, you know, I was all right, but, like, it was all God. Like, I want to give him the credit, you know? And there's times where you can blame God for your insecurity, and that's one of those times, right? Like, I, if you say that, like, I, like, I'm not trying to, like, question your heart or anything, but I know for me, for me, that was always me going, like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm pretty insecure in myself, but I'm going to say that it was all God, and that'll cover it, right? And now I've learned this area, you know, so I could, I could also do this, right? I could come over here, walk over here to the cockiness side. And it's like, hey, you did good today. I know. <laughs> I did. I, I rocked it, didn't I? You know? That's cockiness, okay? Right? Like, like someone tells you, hey, you look really good today, right? Like, you, you look great. Like, cockiness, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a pretty good looking person. Thank you. You know, appreciate it. Like, yeah, I know. I rock this, right? 
And then on the, you go way over here, I can't because of the keyboard, but get to the, uh, to the insecurity part, and you're like, hey, you know what? Oh, I don't know. I have this pimple. I'm like, yeah, just like, you know, it's, it's, things haven't been good for me lately. I don't, I've gained some weight, you know, like I don't look great. You know, like you start doing those things. That's insecurity. Insecurity. Here's what confidence looks like, okay? Confidence is not taking it too far over here. It's in the middle ground. Thank you. <laughs> Mic drop and walk away. It's literally, it's this. It's like, it's the idea of someone compliments you and you have enough confidence to say, thank you, I appreciate that. You know, like, what's wrong with that? Like, I think that's a, I think that's a great thing to do. And, and it's the idea, not just in that area, so many other areas in life. It's the idea of knowing that you are an heir to his kingdom. You are his child, but you're also just a part of the story, right? And, and, and you can get down on yourself and be like, oh, I'm just, I'm so lowly. I'm just, a, I'm the bottom of the barrel. I'm, I'm, I'm not important at all. That's 100% insecurity, right? But then you get to, there's some people who walk around just, you know, chest puffed out. I'm his child, you know, like, get on my level, you know? And like, and that's, when you start to do that, that's bordering on cockiness, right? So it's that confidence in knowing that I am his child. I know what he says about me. But I also know that I'm not that important. And, like, seriously, right there on the screens, you, newsflash, you are not that important, okay? Some of you struggle with your confidence and you're on that insecurity side of things. And some of y'all right now need to be knocked down a peg and need to know that you're not that important. Like, you are, you are not that, and you're like, that doesn't sound scriptural, Luke. Like, okay, well, what about Galatians 6.3? If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. So don't say what I just said was not scriptural, because it is scriptural, okay? Look, you are just a part of his story. His story began in Genesis when he spoke this world into existence, right? And it hasn't ended yet, right? We, we, we talked about Revelation today. It's, it's, the end is coming, but you're just a part of that story. You're just a, a little fraction of what that story entails. Guys, look, I, you guys know, if you know me, you know what my favorite movie is. And some of you, does anyone know me well enough to be like, I know your favorite movie, other than Nicole? That's a, that's a great movie, and we, we quote that one all the time. You know, it's, it's hilarious. But this, this, one, this is my favorite non-comedy movie, although it has some comedy parts in it. Um, anyone? You guys know? Okay, that's a good one, too. So I've talked to them about Sandlot and my love for Sandlot. And so my favorite movie is actually Forrest Gump, okay? And Forrest... <laughs> <laughs> Forest. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So it's that, you know, run, Forest, run. There's, look, if you, you watch Forrest Gump, you're going you're gonna to laugh. You're going to cry. Cry, you're going to cry right at the right time, right? You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. Um, you're going to have those moments where you're, you're like, you, you want to watch a, mo- a war movie? There's war in there, you know? You want to watch a, a fun, inspiring film that you'll leave inspired from? That's in there, too. Uh, I mean, everything you could possibly want. Drama, there's everything in Forrest Gump. It's great. Um, but, so this is, uh, I'm going to show you guys a picture. N- uh, Nicole and I went on a little trip, like, 
almost a year ago now, like last spring. And it was like, it was starting to get warm enough that like I didn't, I didn't have a, a coat or anything. And we get up to the top of Grandfather Mountain, right? And as you can see there, I had to buy a hoodie, and that's actually a Grandfather Mountain hoodie. So I was freezing. It was like, it was so cold out there, and I, could, I, I literally could not stand being in just short sleeve shirts. So I, uh, a short sleeve shirt. So I bought a hoodie there. And um, this next one here, I was, I was so proud in this picture. Like, it was just so cool to be, like, where Forrest Gump ran, right? <laughs> so if you, guys, if you guys ever watched the movie, there's this scene where he, like, runs across the entire country. And so, um, so this says right here, Forrest Gump curve, okay? He, he ran around this curve. <laughs> like, Tom Hanks actually ran around. And so, like, so fun, fun note about that, those scenes, Tom Hanks, some of them were his brother running in his place as his stand-in because his brother looks just like him. So, but a lot of the scenes, Tom Hanks insisted on, in, like, insisted on filming himself. And so, go back to the other one, the Forrest Gump curve. Um, this one, when he ran around the curve, I mean, running up a hill, a big giant curve, he did that himself. And I thought that was pretty cool. So literally, I was standing like right there where this, you know, my favorite movie was filmed. It, not a big deal. It was, you know, it was whatever. But it, it made me feel good, right? Um, so okay, Forrest Gump, go back to that other picture. You guys might know this, this scene here. Um, I didn't read all these signs, so if you see anything bad, don't, you know, don't blame me. But okay. And imagine, like, Forrest Gump's my favorite movie. What if I told you, hey, I, I was in Forrest Gump. Like, I was in Forrest Gump. I walked around, made that my identity. Yeah, I was, I was an actor in Forrest Gump. I played in Forrest Gump. And then, like, you start to ask me, like, well, yeah, okay, like, you know, how was it? Like, you know, being around Tom Hanks. Like, he was cool. You know, he was nice, nice guy. And then, like, you start to find, like, well, so what role did you have in that movie? I don't remember seeing you. And then I'm like... I'm like, oh, it, so in this picture, I am right there. You know, like if I pointed to one person, I was like, that's me. That's me. I was in Forrest Gump. Like, look at me. I'm an actor in Forrest Gump. How great is that? And here's the idea. You are doing that 100% when you make this story about you and not about God. Right? Like, God, God is, if, if this was a, a movie, right, he would be the lead actor. He would be the creator. He'd be the director. He'd be all that, right? And, and here's the fact. Like, we're not even really a supporting actor, you know? Like, like a lot of people like to say, oh, if, if, you know, I'd, be, I'd be a supporting actor in God's story. And the truth is, you're just a stand-in, right? You're just, you're just a, <laughs> and I know this sounds bad. Like, I'm making you guys feel bad about yourselves, but you're, you're, you're like an extra in this. Like, you're not, you're not that big of a deal. Like, you're not. And I, like, the bottom line is this. Like, yes, we are his children, right? We are, and he loves us so much. But you're just such a, a small part of that story, and you don't need to let it get to your head, right? You don't need to get yourself to the point when you start living your life, as if every little decision that we make, 100% is going to revolve around me. And that, like when you get so me-centered in your life, and, 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 and here's the thing, we've all been there. Like you, you, not, not one of us can sit here and raise our hands and say, you know what, I've lived my entire life and never made it about me. Um, I'm pretty, pretty, so you know, I'm, I'm, honestly when it comes to uh, humility, that's what I'm best at, um, <laughs> you know? 
If you say that, you 100% are lying to yourself and to others just as much as I would be lying to you and saying that I was in Forrest Gump when I wasn't, right? Um, but look, it's the, it's the idea of realizing this middle ground. You know, I had that, that little chart up earlier of um, insecurity and then cockiness over here and then confidence in the middle. Realizing whose you are while also realizing that you're a part of his story. And you can play a part in his story and you can do amazing things, but you're not the star. You're not the star. And, that, and, and too many times we get into a place where we start to put ourselves as the star of the story. And that's not where we need to be. When it comes to our identity, who does God say about us? Who does, who do, what do others say about us? Um, and then what do we say about ourselves? These are important questions to ask yourself. So we need to remember what God says about us. He calls us his masterpiece, right? Like you need to know that he loves you so much and he's so proud of what he's created in you. We need to make sure that we value the opinions of people that we trust. And we need to also make sure we don't place too much value on the opinions of people who don't have your best interest in, in mind. And then we need to find a middle ground between insecurity and cockiness. We need to find ourselves and our maker, know whose we are, and know that we're a part of his story. And we get to be a part of this amazing thing. But don't make it all about yourself. And when it comes to finding your identity, I think a middle ground is a great place to start in all these areas. Um, it's kind of been the theme, is finding that middle ground. Um, so today we're going to go into a time, like I told you, it was going to be quick. We're, we're wrapping up right now. We're finishing up. We're going we're gonna to go into a time where we're going to have ministry time. That's important here at the Vineyard. And Josh, you have another song, right? So Josh is going to come up and we're going to do another song here. And um, during this time, if you're someone who needs prayer, may, maybe your identity is in a place, guys, like maybe you're at the bottom lowest of lows about who you, who you think you are, who you, who you think, what, like what you think God sees when he looks at you, right? Maybe you're in a place where, where uh, the people you surround yourself with have not been building you up and not been encouraging you, and you haven't been listening to the right voices. And, and maybe, maybe it's one of the three or, or whatever, and, and that's, uh, it's okay if you're in that place, but come get some prayer. Like, come, come let someone surround you and pray for you so that you can start to, to shape your identity the right way, in a healthy, biblical way. Um, and then maybe some of you are like, oh, you know what? Like, this has been a good message, but it, I, I, mean, I don't really have a struggle with this. That's fine. That's fine. I'm so happy that you are in a place where it's not a struggle for you, but maybe you're the person who needs to come pray for people, right? So in this moment, if you're the person who needs prayer, you know, like we start singing, make your way up here and, um, and just let people come pray for you. That's what we do in this, and here at the Vineyard, we're, we're all about this time. Um, so this is a very important time for that. Uh, we're going to sing this last song and um, make time for prayer for this, for, uh, for shaping our identity. So I'm going to pray, and we're saying, God, thank you so much for who you say that we are. And thank you for putting the right people in our lives that build us up and say things to encourage us to get better. And um, that help us not to listen to those voices that would would say that we're not good enough. Um, God, help us to find a middle ground here, um, not thinking too much of ourselves, but you know, also, also realizing that we don't need um, to degrade ourselves. 
ourselves down. Help us to find confidence and a happy middle ground, knowing that we're confident in our Creator and you and what you created us to be, and that you love us so much. And um, just help us to realize that today, if, if there are people here who need prayer in this area, I just pray that they would be bold and come forward. Um, and just uh, bless all their hearts, Lord. Thank you for teaching us from your word today. In Jesus' name, amen.